Well, we are grateful again that you have tuned in to watch our broadcast and live stream this morning. This service is actually being pre-recorded on Friday to air on Sunday to give our staff, which has been working pretty much seven days a week these past couple of weeks, the semblance of a Sabbath. We trust that Comcast customers are able to view us on Comcast Channel 189 here in the Sarasota area, and of course, anywhere in the world, you can watch us live stream at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Just go to our website any, our, on our homepage, and we will have there a prompt for you to immediately watch. If you would like to view the service later, then click the watch icon on the top of the home page and it will take you to our archive of services. Just scroll down until you find the service that you are looking for. Pass on the word to your friends all across the globe that they can watch us at any time. Monday through Friday, we are emailing you daily messages of encouragement and biblical reflection from our staff team. Be looking for those to arrive sometime during the day, and if they are not, please check your spam folder. Sometimes that's where they end up. Also, please check our church Facebook page and our website, and there you will also find daily postings from your church leadership to inform you and to inspire you. If you're not receiving emails from us and wish to or are not connected with us digitally, please call the church office at 941-924-1323 and we will be glad to add your email address to our list or to make sure that someone's calling you to give you the latest information from your church family. Our prayer line, of course, can be reached by calling the church office and in dialing extension number 7. And there you can listen to a new prayer of the day. So life here at Church of the Palms continues strong. Our staff is hard at work, many from home and some still from the office. And along with our shepherding deacons and Stephen ministers, we are doing our best to connect with the entire congregation, ministering to our families, sharing prayers, sending out communications, and assisting in the food pantry. On that note, our food pantry continues strong through the willing hands of volunteers and staff. We are serving close to 200 households a day. This is such a critical ministry, and we are grateful for the leadership of Kathy Robinette to keep us going as we share God's love in this most tangible way. Capital projects, which you have supported with our Open Palms campaign gifts, are continuing, including the chapel renovation which you, uh, and a new lift being installed for our sanctuary chancel. We forwarded our commitment support to our mission partners for the first quarter, thank goodness, and we are even conducting virtual youth group meetings on Zoom calls and also connecting with our children and parents through videos, notes, and calls. And actually, right after this service, Carol Holmeister will be conducting conducting a virtual Sunday school class with our children. Our session met early this week on a Zoom call, and our elders are very committed to keeping the ministry on course and thriving as we live out our mission of loving God and loving neighbor. With the office closed to visitors, you can still reach us by phone, and we will do our best to respond to your need. Please let us know of any needs that you become aware of in our congregation and community by emailing us or leaving us a message at the office. Our prayer is that Church of the Palms remains strong during this time of trial. Now is the time, most of all, for the light of Christ to shine through us to the world. 
And it's happening in so many different ways even now. A bag of groceries, phone calls, texts, emails, notes, cards, a counseling session, and just a prayer offered over the phone. So with this in mind, we encourage you to continue to support our ministry. First, as always, with your prayers, ask the good Lord to give us strength and wisdom and the resources to do what God would wish us to do in these strange times. And secondly, we encourage you to remain strong in your financial giving. Your gifts right now will make a huge difference in our ability to go forward. Perhaps you may feel the call to go above and beyond such that Church of the Palms can go above and beyond and ministering to our community and supporting our staff and missions. The McConnell family, for example, has increased our pledge to support the work of our church at this critical time. You can mail your checks, of course, to Church of the Palms, 3224 Bee Ridge Road, Sarasota, Florida, 34239, or you can give online. Just click the give icon at the top of our homepage and you will be directed how, or you can arrange with your bank to set up an automatic transfer. Please, we encourage you to consider this an important time in the life of your church and a great opportunity for you to be about the great spirit of generosity. Feel free to call the church office, of course, with any questions. It doesn't appear that we will have the chance to be together for Holy Week this year, but we are preparing, nevertheless, special services for you on that week, including perhaps even the celebration of communion on Monday, Thursday, April the 9th. And in preparation for that, we encourage you to save for yourself a little piece of bread and some wine or juice. Just think Presbyterians drinking wine for communion. Who would have thought? And perhaps to have a candle ready to light during our live stream worship that night on Thursday evening, April the 9th. We will, virt we will virtually commune together, and we will give you more details on that next week. As I said before, our business now is to counteract the virus by being about a kindness contagion, connecting with people and letting them know that the love of Christ and the grace of God is with them. I know that I'm here we are here and you are here for such a time as this. God's love will be revealed in a powerful way and we bless you for your prayers and your support. In January, our congregation elected elders, deacons, and shepherding deacons to begin their service in April. And today we have scheduled their ordination and installation, but obviously they cannot be here. And so we have sent them the ordination questions of the Constitution to review and ask for their assent, which they have given. And so now we are virtually going to lay our hands upon them in spirit and pray for them a prayer of ordination and installation. Will you again pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks that in good times and bad times, in season and out of season, that you are a calling God, a God who calls us to respond to the times at hand. And we are grateful, O oh Lord, that as we read through your scriptures, so many of your people who have responded to your call, who have responded to the challenge of delivering your people and of assuring people of God's love and grace. And we thank you, O oh Lord, for those who have been raised up before us, our shepherding deacons, our deacons, our elders that are listed in our bulletin. And we ask, O oh God, that you will put your hands and your spirit upon them as we seek to do virtually, that they may know, O oh Lord, that your Holy Spirit is coming upon them to give them strength as they seek to be your instruments in the world. 
So we ask, O oh Lord, that we may come together shoulder to shoulder and that we may know, O oh Lord, that together as the body of Christ, we shall overcome all things and that we shall be your light in the world and that we will be able to look back upon this season and see your hand at work. So bless them and keep them, O oh Lord, and allow them to be the means of your grace in this time and age. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, elders, deacons, and shepherding deacons to this new ministry here at Church of the Palms. So here we are, together again in this virtual space. We've got to stop meeting like this, at least once the virus stops. I miss you, our staff misses you, and we can't wait until we are all together again. So much has changed over these past few weeks, and some things have stayed the same. We are still in the Lenten season, making our way to the cross. In fact, we are already in the fifth Sunday of Lent, if you can believe that. We are continuing on the good journey that we began this fall, and this week, on our journey inward, we get to explore the theme of thanksgiving. Ironic, as we are immersed in one of the largest economic crises we have ever experienced. We have been sequestered in our homes. We are facing a pandemic that threatens the life of our dreams and our loved ones. Many of us are disoriented from fear of the unknown and the unseen. Many of us are irritated at the response from our government leaders. We aren't doing enough or we're doing too much. Many, many of us are isolated, lonely, and afraid. And from this pit, we're going to explore the theme of thanksgiving. As a people of faith, may we open our hearts and minds to the reading from Psalm 103. I would encourage you to open your Bible at home or perhaps from the email that we sent out on Friday or from the website. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his way to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as far as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. 
for he knows how we were made. He remembers that we are dust. And then down to verse 17, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, open our hearts and minds to the word just read and the words to come that they might encourage and sustain us on our journey to the cross and the dark days ahead through our Lord and Savior, the word made flesh. Amen. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that little scripture passage from the fifth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. Verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful during an economic crisis. Be thankful during a quarantine. Be thankful during a pandemic, be thankful, be thankful, be serious. I don't know about you, but that feels way too hard, maybe even impossible. And I wonder where to start with a theme of thankfulness in a time like this. Psalm 103 begins as a shout, bless the Lord, O my soul. Well, this imperative to bless the Lord might sound a bit strange since God is usually the one blessing us and not the other way around. Most commentators will say, however, that bless should be taken here to mean thank. Thank the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103 inhales and exhales praise. Bless the Lord is an outburst of praise and awe from the deepest well of the psalmist's being. This shout then turns quickly to a list of blessings that God has done. Between the cry of thanksgiving and the introduction of this heavenly resume, the psalmist lifts up this warning. Do not forget all of God's blessings. Aha, my first clue being thankful is connected to remembering. In fact, theologian and Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann says, hope, hope is grounded in memory. And I imagine that hope is a close cousin to praise. We humans have a complicated relationship with memory. We are the only species that has conceived of history and has made any attempt to catalog that history for the sake of remembering it. The whale doesn't care about yesterday. The hyena isn't plagued by regret. The hamster isn't writing little books for posterity's sake. No, part of what it means to be a human is to remember. Well, this is what makes a disease like Alzheimer's so insidious. It attacks the very core of us, the innermost place where we build our identity according to where we have been, what we have done, and who we have met. Alzheimer's dehumanizes us by eroding our memories. 
Did you read the book or see the movie Still Alice? The story is about Dr. Alice Howland, who is a wife, a mother of three adult children, and a renowned linguistics professor at Columbia University. When words begin to escape her and she starts getting lost on her daily jogs, Alice must come face to face with a devastating diagnosis, early onset Alzheimer's disease. Everything she did and loved, everything she was, required language. Everything required memory. The first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism asks, what is the chief end of humanity? The answer, to glorify God and enjoy God forever. Our worship and enjoyment of God requires memory. To forget the past is to compromise our ability to glorify God. In Psalm 103, the outburst of praise and awe is deeply woven into the past deeds of God. You'll notice that this praise has content. The psalmist remembers the forgiveness, the healing, the redemption, the coronation, the satisfaction, the vindication, the justice, and the teaching. The psalmist speaks in generalities, but we could fill these actions in with stories of Israel's past. Not only do we praise God for what God has done, but the psalmist also reminds us to sing praises for God's character. God is slow to anger. And then, even when angered, God does not hold a grudge or consider our sins when dealing with us. In God's atlas, our sins are as distant from us as the east is from the west. Now, if we were all to take a bit of time this week and reflect on the story of our own lives, I bet most of us could now see the hand of a loving and gracious God even when we were in a pit. Sometimes it's hard to recognize God when we're up to our eyeballs in our troubles, especially when we're the ones responsible for the mess. It's nearly impossible to praise a God that we think has abandoned us. And how about those lepers? Talk about social distancing. Because of their disease, they were harshly judged and then excluded from all physical and emotional community. So tragic. Can you imagine? From a deep pit of rejection and abandonment, they had the faith to call out to Jesus from a safe distance saying, Master, have mercy on us. With love and compassion, Jesus heals them. They are no longer in that deep, dark pit of isolation. In fact, this is the best day of their lives. I have to imagine that they were so excited getting reunited with their family and their community that it must have just slipped their mind to go back and say thank you. Only one leper of the ten comes back to praise God. Only one. Would it have been you? I don't know if it would have been me. Annie Dillard wrote these sobering lines. 
Anything you do not give freely and abundantly becomes lost to you. You open your safe and find ashes. Anything you do not give freely and abundantly becomes lost to you. You open your safe and find ashes. Consciously or not, we are filled with excuses for not thanking and praising God. We're suffering too much. We're celebrating too much. We're busy. We forget. The good and generous God that we worship only asks us to do things that are for our own good. And I know that gratitude is one of those things. Gratitude is the emotion that relates to our ability to both feel and express thankfulness and appreciation. Fred Rogers once said, I believe that appreciation is a holy thing, that when we look for what's best in a person we happen to be with at the moment, we're doing what God does all the time. So in loving and appreciating our neighbors, we're participating in something sacred. Studies have shown that expressing gratitude improves mental, physical, and relational well-being. Benefits of gratitude include, now listen to this list, increased self-esteem, heightened energy levels, strengthened heart and immune system, improved emotional and academic intelligence, expanded capacity for forgiveness, decreased strength, stre decreased stress, anxiety, and depression, and improved feelings of connection in times of loss or crisis. Gratitude is a God thing. A common method for cultivating this practice of gratitude is by simply keeping a gratitude journal where each day you write down the experiences that you're grateful for. We would thank God for the ordinary delights in the day, like seeing the bright red cardinal sitting on the branch, the pleasant conversation with a good friend, a good cup of coffee, or helping someone with a problem. The more we praise God for the moments in life, the more we create new neural pathways towards a, a grateful outlook that spills out into all of life. We are literally training the brain for good. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but negative experiences are like Velcro, and they tend to stick in our minds whereas positive experiences are like Teflon and they often readily slip away. We must actively work to integrate positive experiences into the brain in order for the positive to stick and the beneficial effects to endure. A woman named Julia began the practice of writing in a gratitude journal where she thanked God every day for the blessings in her life, big and small. When her mother passed away, Julia continued with this practice as it helped her in her grieving process. She developed the capacity to accept the pain and challenges of life while still appreciating its beauty and joy. I think this is exactly what God hopes for each of us. 
From this virus alone, we all have losses to grieve, even if we don't experience the death of a loved one. There are postponed or canceled study abroad trips, special vacations, as well as weddings, graduation ceremonies, and other important milestones. We have lost jobs, businesses, and savings accounts. We worry about mortgages, education, isolation, and loneliness. If only, if only we had developed the habit of praising God before we got into the pit, perhaps we wouldn't feel quite so alone and hopeless at times. Perhaps our brain would be better wired for beauty and joy, even when times are difficult. You may know that I am the eternal optimist, and I believe as long as we have breath, it is never too late to grow into the men and women who God is calling us to be. So I began researching and praying and thinking about how to cultivate a habit of praise. Make no mistake about it, behavior change is hard because we're such creatures of habit. But with a few hints and some help from the Holy Spirit, I think we can all be on this journey to being thankful and praising God in all circumstances. To form a healthy habit, the experts say, you must make sure that this is something you want to do and not something that you feel like you should be doing. Now that's between you and God, but I'm going to assume that we all want to live a life of praising God. So the experts say that we need to take small steps, have an accountability partner or community, and then stick with it for about 60 or 90 days in order for it to become a habit. So let's say we decide to write three things each evening that we are going to praise God for. Immediately, we would begin looking for the beauty and kindness and goodness in the world so we would have something to report. Having a friend or family member also committed to this practice is vital as we would promise to check in, remind, and encourage one another. Some people have had success in automating their new habit. B.J. Fogg, who researches behavior at Stanford, came up with what he calls tiny habits. One of his famous resolutions was, every time he went to the bathroom, he did three push-ups. He automated the habit. So instead of going to the gym for an hour, he did 30 push-ups a day, getting the benefit of a workout without ever having to think about it. How about a push-up and a praise? One other helpful hint I read is from Charles Duhigg, the author of The Power of Habit. He suggests that most people fail to adopt new habits because they don't understand the structure of habits. More specifically, most people fail to adequately reward themselves for taking action on a beneficial habit. Think about it this way. Most addictive and destructive habits have a built-in reward system that requires little or no input from you. 
Smoking a cigarette, taking certain drugs, or drinking a lot of alcohol are all easy habits to adopt because they light up your brain with the neurotransmitter dopamine and a slew of other pleasure chemicals. These substances naturally reward your brain and encourage continued use, even though they are detrimental to your overall health and well-being. On the other hand, many positive habits, such as exercise, healthy eating, meditation, and praising God, don't have immediate obvious rewards. So they may need a little bit of help to get started. For example, studies have shown that consuming a small amount of chocolate post-workout releases chemicals and neurotransmitters similar to those that will eventually be released by the workout itself. Finding a motivating reward can be applied to any habit if you're creative enough. Praise God, eat chocolate. You get to decide the reward that's right for you as you get started. Once we cultivate this habit of praise, we too might develop the capacity to accept the pain and challenges of life while still appreciating its beauty and joy as we bless the Lord in all circumstances. In 1636, the Thirty Years' War was raging. Death, disease, and economic collapse enveloped Europe in a fog of terror. One German pastor, Martin Rinkhart, is said to have buried 5,000 of his parishioners in one year. That's 13 people each day. Yet under the shadow of death and amidst a crucible of chaos, Rinkhart wrote this beautiful table grace for his children that we're going to be singing in just a moment. And it goes like this. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things had done in whom his world rejoices. With the psalmist, may we remember and reflect on the God who heals diseases, redeems people from pits, crowns people with love and compassion, gives good things for human desires, renews one's youth like eagles, and works righteousness and aims towards justice for all of the oppressed. As we remember who our God is, may we be filled with hope and the courage to say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> 